Uh-oh, round two with the big man. And my man Ian and I are here doing another in-person podcast, man. You know what I mean? The thing is, I said to you, I was making notes for this podcast. And it's like, it just gets out of hand, man, because we've got so much to talk about. I'm like, just, you know, stay on one topic. You know what I'm saying? Like last time we bounced on about 15 different topics. I had great feedback from it, though. But uh, how you doing, bro, anyway? Really good, mate. Really good. Um, really glad we're having this chat because of who, we had a few beers last week, didn't we? And uh, we couldn't shut up for like half an hour. We said we should do another one. So uh, I think it's about time. Yeah, good. 100%, man. Yeah, we were... Uh... We had a few beers and I was there making my notes, you know what I mean? And I was saying, we need to record those conversations, right? And for anyone listening back to this, you probably can relate to this. You have some conversations with your mates sometimes and you're like, it's just gold, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? A couple of beers, nice and relaxed. 100%, mate, 100%. No. I think we touched on some really good topics and I think there's some stuff there from both sides um, that I think through our experience, it could probably help a lot of people. So, um, no, I think it's about time we uh, get on to another level. 100%, man. And uh, after we talked last time, you know, we were saying about men, we need to be intentional, right? About spending good quality. Well, just spending time together, period, right? Because we get wrapped up in our, w our work, you know, it's kind of like tunnel vision, right? And then we end up just not really, you realize, like, oh, okay, years gone by and I haven't seen my mates and stuff, right? And then you were saying about volleyball, right? You were saying, right, mate, you need to, and you said something this week, and this is for the audience as well, because we were just talking off air about mentor, having a mentor, right? And it's like, I look at Ian, I have a few different mentors, and I look at Ian because there's certain things with high performance and how you live and operate that I can learn from, right? And you said this week, you said, uh, you know, just get your shit done so on the weekend, you can just have the weekend off, right? Because I always end up working on a Saturday morning because, you know, I get stuff done in the week and productive, but I guess we're sat and I've got to do, I've got a few things to tie up and stuff. But I got, because you said that, I got that done and that frees up more time now for my weekend so I can kind of recharge and stuff, right? 100%, you need that freedom, right? You need mm. to sometimes get up and know that you're not chasing your tail. You haven't got this fucking list like this that you need to tackle because it gives you, you need those two days or, or a day or whatever of just calm where you can just do shit on your terms and you might decide to do something then that takes something away from Monday or Tuesday, but at least it's on your terms and not on, you know, the list terms because that list never fucking stops. You never complete the tasks. So it, it's really important that you do that. And But I think you're good like that because you're always looking for kind of where can I learn. I'm a sponge from anybody around me. And I'm quite similar. Similarly, I've learned things from you, especially around nutrition that we were talking on before, which I'm sure we'll touch on throughout this. 100%, man. It's interesting how your biggest strength, right, can be your biggest weakness. It's like your work ethic and the stuff that's made you successful and got to where you are, that can also be your worst enemy because I've had issues there, you know, like I said before, you know, obviously where everyone's looking for that balance, right? And I've said this many a times, but the perfect balance, just for anyone listening or watching, it just simply doesn't exist, right? You're never going to get that perfect balance. We're always trying to balance things, a balance and act. And I've noticed before because I immerse myself so much in the work, then my relationship, you know, I'm not putting as much attention because there's a sacrifice for everything, right? And I've had a few, you know, little wake-up calls there where I'm like, right, okay, now I need to be more aware of my, you know, relationship and everything else. And um, what you said, though, about volleyball, just simply get in nature. Like, I feel so much better, bro, from Saturday morning, and it's, I've got more urgency on my work now because I look forward. Bondi Beach, bro. Like, we live near Bondi Beach. <laughs> what am I best. doing? I live 20 minutes away. It's the best. Um, and but you, you've got to look forward to that on your Saturday. I've got to, what am I going to do? I'm going to get up and do work again, which which obviously you can and sometimes you need to. But even you, you said you got up, you, you just got up a little bit earlier. Still, still done, 
done your work, and then we're sitting there. You're up on that beach. The sun's out. You're on the sand, and you're smashing. Uh, you're smashing some. Uh, I think it was some teenage girls. You were, you were smashing the other week. With, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that sounded really odd. <laughs> yeah, was, if you're listening, it sounds weird. But he was making the volleyball. I swear he was. was if you look at the videos, it was volleyball. He was talking about was smashing. He was doing some good spikes. But there were some young girls there that he wasn't going easy on. That's what I was saying. <laughs> Hey, if you're listening back, watch back. I promise you, he was doing the volleyball thing, right? He was doing the hit signals with his hand. That's what oh, I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Let's not go there, right? Because i got a dark humor. So anyway, moving on, man. Now, what I'd like to, um, uh, just because we kind of didn't even get into like your story much last time, which was great because very, very action-packed conversation, great feedback. I think we covered a lot of ground. But I'd love to just hear a bit more about your story, what we were talking about last week, basically, bro, uh, when you had a beer and stuff. And your journey with, because a lot of people listening back, they can relate to the fact that they perhaps are in a, uh, a job that might be successful, you know, uh, financially, but they're in a position where they're working a lot and they're not fulfilled, right? And you've been there and you've overcome those struggles, right? Yeah, 100%. I, I think a lot of people go through, you know, what I'm describing, my journey now, I would say probably 90% of people go through in some element and it's fucking tough. If you're in corporate or you're climbing the ladder, it's never easy, but life's never easy. Uh, but I think there's ways you can shortcut that pain. Um, and if you talk around, you know, my background, I think I'm not going to go into the detail of, you know, when I was 18 or whatever. Basically, I just had a long background within logistics. Logistics is not a sexy industry. It's fucking tough. You know, it's all about operations. It's getting shit done. It's deadlines. Um, at some point, I actually ran a healthcare business. We had patients on table. So you had this blood thinning product. We had patients on table. And if it didn't get there, that patient dies. So you've got, you're in a situation where you've got pressure coming from all angles. And that goes right the way through at every level. If you think I'm going to send you know, something to a patient on a table, and if I don't deliver this right, they can fucking die. That's a lot of stress, right? But you've got customers who'll beat you up. You've got, you know, you've got the team you're working with, which can be pressure. You've got, and it, within corporate, you know, unless you're, Unless you're God, you've got you've got leaders above you, and a lot of the time those leaders might not be the best of leaders. Um, so there's pressure coming at you from all angles. That, that is in, in many industries, but I think logistics is a specific specifically kind of really harsh. You know, it, it's a tough environment. So I kind of came through that. And I've worked through every type of leader. So I've worked with good, bad, you know, really fucking bad, you know, average. And um, again, similar to yourself, what you kind of do, you sponge off people. I kind of sponge off people as well. Good, bad and indifferent. What's fucking bad? I'll look the other way and say, okay, what they've done, I'm going to do that way. And, and what's good, I'll, I'll try and learn from. Um, but as I kind of started climbing the ladders in, in my career, I, I really realized the impact that leaders have, not just on the people that they're leading, but the multiplying effect of people around them. So if you can imagine, you know, you, you know, you're going to work and you get, you, you know, you might not be performing, or you're performing okay, but you've got a boss who thinks you're shit and giving you shit. You know, not you know, not a cultured leader, should we say, and is giving you a load of grief. You come home, you, you're just downtrodden. You feel undervalued. You feel underappreciated. You come home. How are you going to feel? You're going to feel like You're going to feel like shit. shit. So you come home. You, if you've got a dog, you're going to kick the dog. You're going to kick off on the missus or, or whoever that may be. You've got children around you. They're going to feel that. So that multiplying effect. Now, if that one leader is in a team and manages 10 people and they manage X amount of people and everybody goes home under this fucking rain cloud, then the multiplying effect of one, one bad leader can be in the, in the hundreds or, or even thousands. Now, you multiply that by how many leaders out there who aren't leading in the right way. And I always say probably... 
you know, it's, I would say probably 60 to 70% of leaders are not leading anywhere near they should be. And then there's only around about 10% of leaders who, who are actually leading, you know, in that upper echelon. So the majority of leaders are affecting people day in, day out because of how they manage that team and what, what kind of culture they create. And I think there's patterns. I think uh, what I've noticed is patterns in leaders, there's patterns in people. Um, and people who are listening to this, if, you, if you're if you in a kind of, in any kind of role within the, in the corporate space, in, in any team, in any business, you'll probably understand, you know, the certain characters and certain ways that people work that just fucking piss you off and they add to the toxic buildup because, you know, your body holds the score. If you're pissed off, it fucking, you'll feel anxiety. It holds the score here. You'll feel stress here. And... I started realizing, fuck, I could notice, like, say, this person's a fucking work ninja. You know, work ninjas are piss me off. They're people who just don't communicate and do things at their own whim. You know what I mean? So you could have a battle plan together where you kind of have 10 people and you say, right, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a project plan. Marty runs off over there. He's meant to be here, but he pops up like a fucking ninja over there delivering something which isn't even on the path. So you've got people, if you get these work ninjas and everybody in business will understand what these are, they just do their own thing. They don't They don't kind of come in with the team. They don't execute as the prioritization does. And it, it just implodes because there's no communication. People aren't doing what the roles and responsibilities are. And that really causes a lot of problems within businesses. I always say, uh, I think the culture is the operating system of, of, of any business. And if you've got that right, then how do you bond that together? It's by communication and roles and responsibilities. Now, working in just don't give a fuck about that. They just do their own thing. So it can cave in. If somebody's in a leadership position and it operates like one of them, that can cave in the kind of culture and then it becomes underperforming and stuff. And that is really kind of toxic uh, to people. Um, other characters that are kind of very similar, which again, which used to piss me off, is fluff merchants. Fucking fluff merchants that... <laughs> Can, can, they, can, they, they, they fucking fluff merchants. fluff merchants. Hey, this guy's got some, like, the best one-liners, man. I forgot half of them, but some of them are gold. I hope you mate, get a few back. Mate, the, the fluff merchants, they sound credible. You get them in a meeting, fuck, they talk well. They talk amazing. You know, they know the industry backside, whatever the business they're in. And they sit there and they talk and they look really, and they, fuck, this person knows what they're doing. But then they deliver nothing, zero execution. So they sit there and they just say shit. And then, so, and if you're in a leadership position or if you're, if you're being led by a leader operates like that, it's so fucking frustrating. And these are just, just everyday kind of interactions and they can be peers, this, that, and the other. Now, what does that do? If leaders don't deal with that, it builds up and everybody within the team gets this kind of toxic buildup in them. So, you know, the, the stress that that can create and then, as I say, that knock on effect just kind of multiplies. And that... What that's that's why it's kind of led me to do what I do today when I help people in these positions or, you know, up and coming leaders and do things the right way. Because effectively what I've come to realize is it's a be it's like I call it the nodal pathway of pain. So, you know, like for the Grand Canyon, initially that was fucking like this. It was just like a little fucking stream. Right. So if you can imagine when I mean, you've got a lot of stresses on. Right. And things if, if you've just got a little stream, nothing's going to land in it. They're just going to float back. So when you're younger, you can deal with a lot more things. You can deal with a lot more pressures. You can deal with a lot more fucking, you know, problems that are thrown at you because actually your neural pathway of pain, which is going to shoot to your head and send you fucking bananas, isn't that it's not wide yet. So experiences and fucking pain and traumas, it just opens up. So you can imagine if it's gone, if it used to be like this narrow kind of almost slit of, of which could trickle water, dude, now it's like a fucking Grand Canyon. So every problem hits you 
and just feels like it's the end of the world. You know, and I think I described to you the week, you know, I, I, you can be sitting there and you could phone somebody about changing your internet and you're on the phone for fucking half an hour and it feels like you're having a panic attack because you get that pissed off because the feeling of that kind of frustration is the same as something that genuinely is, you know, serious fight or flight scenario. Um, and, that, and that's super common at all levels. So that's really kind of why I kind of do what I do because my experiences have pushed me through all of that and I, I've felt all of this. Um, and I think, sure, you remember uh, over here, even in Oz, I remember, you know, some of the experiences I've had that have just drove me around the twist. And if something feels unfair and unjust, that's probably the, the, the worst thing that humans can feel. If you feel that you're coming in, you're doing what you're doing and you feel something's unfair, uh, and it really, you know, goes against your core values. That really fucking, it really bites. Yeah, and that, let me touch on that because you did mention about, you know, looking people in the eye and, you know, being honest, right? And a lot of these people who are at the top, they don't really care, right? That's the bottom line. They just quite simply don't really care about other people, right? They, they care about themselves more and that's the way it is, right? So they haven't got the values, right? And that integrity to be empathetic to others. And actually you mentioned something about like looking at the people in the eye, like you said about having to, you know, lay people off with like four kids and stuff like that. Right. Talk us through that. Some of the struggles you face there and how, how, like, what are the signs that people need to look at? Cause you look at these people and it's like, you know, like you say, a lot of people are being ruled by them almost. Right. hundred percent. And I think there's, there's, there's varying standards. There's just kind of levels of, of leaders, which are, you know, good, bad, indifferent. And then there's the more sinister type who I just think are bad human beings. And that one I spoke to you about last week was, you know, within corporate and within business, you know, you have to make redundancies and stuff. That's part and parcel. Being a leader, you do it empathetic. You do it in the right way if it's the right thing to do. The thing I was talking to you about was, you know, not going into detail or mentioning people, but it was, it was really a strategy which wasn't the right strategy. It was short-term. It was um, backward in thinking and it was not progressive. Also, um, how it was done was just shocking. You know, people coming into the, to the business, you know, you, you know, when you're a good leader, they become friends and stuff. And if you had to let them go for the right reason, that's okay. But this was not the right way. And you ha when you're having to let people go, a string of people who've got families, three kids, this, that, and the other, you know, they just bought houses and you're getting rid of them. And, and you know it's not right. That goes against your core beliefs. doesn't sit right with you. On top of that, if you then then go to, as you, said, you touched on before, there's a lot of people in leadership positions. It's They set, they talk the talk, they don't walk the walk. And then you, you go behind closed doors and they're laughing about it. I remember I remember one individual laughing about the fact that there was a person going to leave the business. And that, that person had three kids and just moved into a new house. Now, whether it was right, wrong or indifferent, which I think was wrong, that's not the case. Somebody was laughing about somebody over here doing that. Now, it's not the first time I've seen things like that. That's shocking enough. So that's real sinister. That's just dealing with a fucking bad human being. Uh, then you've got kind of just just really kind of, you know, odd people that you deal with. And I remember one where uh, there was a, years ago, it was a, a, my, my, my kind of boss at the time, and shit was going down everywhere. The, the, the world was caving in for this kind of specific customer that I used to look after. And he's, this customer's calling me up, kind of saying, what's going on? I can't get hold of. Joe Bloggs, who was his direct point-to-point -point contact. 
um, been trying to get hold of them for two days, and the, the world was caving in. Now, when the world's caving in, we're getting pressure from customers, and everyone's on the floor getting burnt out, and you know, it's, it's logistics. It's it, and it was you know, it was really high pressure. And I, I eventually got hold of this that my boss and I said to him, I said, look, that, that you know, this isn't good. The customers going bananas. I'm placating, and I'm dealing with it, and I think I dealt with it pretty good. But I said, look, we need to do something, and he really needs to talk to you. And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, yeah, yeah. I've seen those calls. He says, do you know what I tend to do sometimes? I said, go on. He said, I just ignore it. He said, I just ignore things. And then after a couple of days, it sorts itself out. And I said, that's your fucking strategy. You just ignore shit, and it sorts itself out. And then, I, obviously, I lost my shit, and, and I, then I had, I had a proper discussion with them. Because doing that doesn't realise, for those two days, you've got people running around, getting stressed, getting pressured. All the people that are on the floor, getting beaten up left, right, and centre, they've got that neural pathway of pain that's growing. And when that grows, it only goes to a certain point before people get burnout. out. And somebody just to turn away from that, you know, fuck them, I'm going to go and swan over here, and just hopefully it gets fixed, um, is, is kind of, it, it's very kind of, um, familiar to me that that's happened many times where certainly just, just don't give a shit mm. go back let's, let's talk on that let's talk on burnout right because I know you said you had a moment right where you were at Coogee Beach and you were looking into the ocean and your head was fried because I remember I knew you at that point right I knew you at that point and I remember you saying you were getting home from work you know and you you, you know you go for another time or whatever with the, when the bath you like with the camel like you had like literally and you had to go to the hospital to check your brain and then they just said you were just mental didn't they they said, <laughs> they said you lost a pot a long time ago mate it's a bit late for this you know what I'm saying hey, you're down. 40 years late buddy <laughs> what are you doing no but burnout man let's talk on that because you know I've been there and I think all entrepreneurs, they, they experience they experience burnout at some point. But you got to that point where you had a turning point, right? And it's funny because I was thinking about the order of priority, right, when it comes to your health and everything else, right? And it needs to be a physical health first, right? It needs to be a physical health first because really, mentally, you're just not going to be balanced. Mentally and emotionally, you're not going to be stable, right? Unless you take care, unless you're strong physically and you push your body physically so it's capable and, you know, you build your fitness and strength up. So it's physical health, then it's mental and emotional health, then it's relationships, right? That's what you should be looking at next, right? You nurturing relationships. Going back to our point earlier, right? Men kind of put it off. And then now I've been making more of an effort. We've been seeing more of each other, playing some volleyball, having fun. And, that, and I feel better already, right? Because I've been making, making an effort to do that and being intentional. Uh, but also not just that, just, you know, your relationship with your spouse and everything else. So, and then, you know, the success and the money, really, is after that, right? Because ultimately you have to work on yourself and you have to have those pillars in place first before, before you can even think about making money, being successful and, and sustaining that, right? So with burnout, I've experienced it a few times. Um, I know some of the signs for me as well, right? For example, it's sometimes just like procrastination, right? That's the only time I'll kind of procrastinate on things is when I know, oh, this is like a signal to me when I'm, I'm pushing too hard. I'm not having adequate rest. I'm trying to just work every hour under the sun and do everything and, you know, work towards everything I'm working towards. And then I start like procrastinating and I realize, okay, right, you're not really being productive now, right? I can feel, and then I notice my sleep gets impacted and stuff like that. Um, but what were the signs that you were picking up on? I know, obviously, it was it was obvious, the signs, right? But you had to go to the hospital, right? Because your head was going to explode. That was, the first, that was the first sign. Your head was twice the size. You were walking around like Shrek. trauma in your head. No, no but yeah, so, uh, talk about your experience with burnout and then that tipping point which made you make that transition. Yeah, it, it's kind of what I was talking about before. That uh, What I kind of, looking back on it now, it was that neural pathway of pain that was growing and some of these toxic things that you have to deal with are so fucking painful. 
Um, and especially when it goes against your core values. So I think, you you know, if anything go, keeps you off kilter with your core values, what your foundation is, what you are, you know, if, if you, you have to continually do stuff that goes against your grain, you're gonna, it's going to fucking hurt. And anyone listening back to this, they know as well, don't they? Every, we always know, don't we? We always know, whether it's in relationships, whether it's anything, but we've, here I'm talking about work. So I was sitting here and I was like, I was doing things that I didn't believe in. It was fucking, it was just horrible to me. I was getting, I was feeling it here and I was getting tight jaw and I was getting it in my head. So how did I know I was thinking? Initially, I genuinely thought, what's this? There's something wrong with my head. I actually went to the doctors and I actually got a scan and he's going, no, you're just stressed out. You're not bad. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a scouser, mate. You lost the plot. All scousers are mental. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. He said, oh, no, the scouser. No. <laughs> scouser, obviously, if anyone doesn't know, he's from Liverpool, right? Scouser. Exactly. So, you know, it was very kind of obvious to me. Now, I'm very self-aware and I'm very, so I kind of, I didn't get too burnout, out, but I was, I was kind of close because I was feeling, I was gone. As I say, I, I did everything I could. I had candles on in the bathroom. I was listening to meditation music. I was sitting there. I was doing, you know, come by our meditations every night. In the <laughs> Hugging bath. trees. Every morning. I was trying everything to keep myself on balance. And that actually goes, you know, goes back to what my foundation was. It was health, wellness. I was meditating. I was training. I was, that was the one thing that I never let go because everything in my, in my world at times, and then, and every I'm sure a lot of people can can kind of align with this was just a shit show. Work was shit. You know, you, you're going through all these battles. You fight or flight for the majority. You weren't of, getting any wins. I remember you saying you weren't getting. any I was wins. getting no wins, so I thought, well, well, I can win in that. So I would still get up. I would get up at four a.m. I would meditate. I would hit the gym. I would sort my food out. So I would go in, and then I think I fucking won there. And like it was effectively like my safety net. So if I, I knew quite well, if I didn't have that, I would have fell through. I would have been burnt out. And if you get burnt out, probably it can affect you for life because once you've burnt out. There's a lot of work you have to do to really recover. And I don't think you ever fully recover because certain things can trigger you and it can pierce it can pierce you a lot easier. And you can have that, you know, the effect of burnout can come through a lot quicker. Because I think it takes a lot more time to kind of almost cleanse you of it and, and heal you of it properly. Um so I think I think I dealt with it at the right time. And that's why I'm super passionate about making sure that people steer clear of it. And uh, I think the biggest thing is not going against your core beliefs. Mm, yeah, and that's the foundation, right? Health should always be home-based because that was your win. You were showing up at the gym regardless, right? And if you weren't, because you just haven't got that resilience. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about resilience, right? Because you simply haven't got the resilience to be able to withstand the pressures and the stress from life when your body is not, going back to what I said, when you're not physically and mentally strong and you're not making that number one, you will end up in a bad position, right? It's, 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 there's no doubt about it. So, you know, you've got to have that self-control, right? And that's where I think a lot of people nowadays are simply lacking, right? It's that self-control. It's people waiting for motivation, right? People waiting to get motivated. I can't tell you how many times I get this. It's like, oh, you know, I need some motivation. Like sitting around waiting for motivation, right? You, you were motivated, man, at that time. Let's, let's just talk about that, right? When you were at the lowest, right? When you hit that kind of like almost rock bottom with your career where you were like earning good money and everything else, but you were going against your values, you felt it, you were almost burning out. Uh, you didn't feel necessarily motivated to go to the gym, did you? You got up, you'd done your meditation. You, you weren't doing cartwheels out of bed at 4 a.m. to do meditation, right? You know what I'm saying? No, not at all. Uh, and I think the point you made, it was like, I was I was highly paid. You know, as highest I've, I've been paid in my career. Everything was on paper was great, but it wasn't. It was a fucking shit show uh, because of the people I was around and I was surrounding myself with this toxic people and the way of behaving was fucking shit. And I felt like I was constantly having to protect my team from this kind of dark way of fucking operating, which just wasn't the right way. You know, basically they weren't good human beings, some of these people I was interacting with. So you kind of got those scars on me back. So did it feel great? 
great? No, it didn't. Did I want to go and get up at 4 a.m.? No, I didn't. Sometimes you want to curl up in a ball and say, fuck this. But then you kick in and go, you've got to, you've got to take control. The program I actually rolled out was called Take Control, but it's about self-control. You've got to own that yourself and go, okay, what, what can I actually do in my world at the moment apart from deciding on a pathway to get yourself out of the situation if you're talking about work but to hold that foundation what can you do well I can get up and I can do this if it means me getting up an hour earlier getting these wins I'll feel good and every single day once you do that it releases your anxiety a little bit you kind of go in you feel good you know if you're not because if if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you go fuck I don't like what I'm looking at there I feel sluggish I feel lazy and I'm going to go there where's your win in life Mm. you've got no fucking win you've got no safety in it you're just going to fucking implode and that's why people get the burnout so the first thing I'll say to anybody is if they are going through all this is you know get let's get yourself healthy as well so it's a combination of the two but i always think you can't lose that no matter what because you can't control all of this but you control you you can control your health Mm. and you can control your nutrition and your wellness and and stuff like that so for me that was my real kind of safety net Mm. and people say you know they haven't got time right that's a common one i've got i haven't got time i can't find the time but it's like you have to make it a priority, right? Going back to what we said, because it's a matter of time before you will end up depressed, you will end up going downhill um, if you're not being disciplined. Because ultimately, you know, I always say there's motivation, right? Motivation is like, it's like an orgasm, right? <laughs> Feels amazing, but it just doesn't last. You can't rely on that. So applying that discipline regardless, and you've got to understand as well, everyone listening and watching, right? The story of you, you have a story in your head of yourself, and what you're capable of, your, of you as a human, right? You've got, it's called story of self. And for example, you know, when you don't show up in the gym, you look in the mirror, you know, you might be going through a tough time, like what Ian's talking about there. You might be absolutely inundated with work, kids and everything else. And then if you're not taking care of yourself on top of that, right, you're gonna look in the mirror, you're gonna feel down. And then ultimately that story of yourself is becoming someone who doesn't show up essentially, right? And it's a subconscious thing as well. Even something as simple as like when you're in the gym, for example, I, you know, if I'm doing 10 reps, I'll always do 11. I'll always do that extra rep, right? I do one extra. Now it's, get, it's getting a problem now because now I know I'm going to do 11 reps now. So I'm like, you're doing, and now you've got to do 12. So it's getting a bit out of hand now, right? But, you know, I know that I can push and I can do the extra rep. I can go the extra mile. So then when I'm inundated with work, I get stressful stuff going on in my business or my relationship or whatever, um, I have a much more solid foundation then to be able to bounce back and to keep, you know, making progress in my life, right? So I want people to understand that, right? It's these little decisions you make every day, the compound effect of the decisions, for better or for worse, is becoming the story you tell yourself, right? And and that becomes part of your subconscious mind. And if you're not showing up, if you're not actually taking care of yourself first and foremost, it's it's very, very easy to go downhill. But, you know, I want to talk a bit more about that as well, man, Um, especially relating to, to men. Now, this is kind of taking a bit of a left turn, but it is something I want to touch on, right? Because, you know, the day and age we're living in, and obviously, the women can relate to this as well they might have sons husband whatever right but you know when you look at like the porn industry for example right it's like men you know there's the stats show this now right it's like you know females are because they're like so we didn't have to deal with this when we were younger right when we were younger we i didn't have so, like facebook came out when i was like 19 right instagram wasn't even a thing right find the porno mag in the field <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly it was some, that some fucking oh some, dial up internet. some dirty fucking secret stack 100 <laughs> then or dial up internet, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I don't know if anyone can remember dial up internet, the noisy. You're not getting away with anything, man. But uh, no, nowadays, like, you know, men have got access to porn. They've got, you know, and all the women are kind of going for the small percentage of guys, right? So, you know, I, I was thinking the other day, if, if I was kind of like 20 years old, right? 
it would be so much harder now, right? With the likes of social media and all that kind of stuff, all the distractions that people have nowadays, right? So for guys, especially, obviously for women as well, but that self-control, right, is the most important thing. That's the most important kind of um, thing you're in control of, right? Is actually being able to make decisions, be able to go against all of these things, right? So whether that be porn, whether that be, you know, going out, you know, drinking all the time and you're in a position where you can really build your character. You can show up in the gym. And obviously at the same time then, it's amazing. We've got technology and we've got all these things at our disposal now where we can educate ourselves and everything else, right? But, you know, I want, what I want all that to say in terms of like self-control and all the things going on this day and age, um, what would you say, like what advice would you give to, let's just say men first and foremost, right? Because I think the importance of just like building your character, because like, where we're at now, for example, right? It's taken me my whole life. I was thinking this the other day. Like, even to meet a woman that I'm really, really happy with and everything else. I'm 36 years old, man. It's taken me till 35 to, to work on myself enough to the point where, you know, you start attracting these things and all the other things, success, they become the byproduct, right? But I think a lot of guys nowadays, it's like, and it's natural, they're comparing themselves to people and everything else getting caught up, caught up on shiny objects, getting distracted by porn and everything else. When in reality, all you've got to do, you've got to work on yourself. You've got, you've got to build yourself into, into a man. You've got, to, you've got to build those experiences up. You've got to put yourself out there. You've got to make, make sure you're going to be uncomfortable, right? Do things which are going to be uncomfortable to help you grow and develop. Um, but yeah, that character building process, right, man? I think that's, that's the key thing for anyone. But like we talked about this last time, but to get to a point where, you know, you've worked on yourself enough that you actually, all the other things become a byproduct, right? That's what yeah, I'm trying 100%. to say. 100%. You're, you're 36. I'm I, went every, yeah. I went everywhere then with the yeah, porn yeah, and everything. Why am I always the one percent Answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> Straight into fucking porn. Let's go. <laughs> no, but I think I'm 46. You're 36. I'm kind of, and I think because we do bounce off each other, we do sponge off each other, I think we learn. We're kind of improving in certain areas at a similar time because I might do something and you'll kind of go, what's that? And I'll, and I'll do the same from you. So on the porn thing, for example, again, it's only uh, recently, and obviously, as you know, I'm in another relationship now, and Similar to yourself, everything seems to be pretty fucking cool, uh, and it, it's a kind of. I think you you eliminate kind of your do's, your don'ts, what you like, what you don't like, and then you have some, you know, um, what do you call it, some non. Non-negotiables. Non-negotiables that you yep. get to. You get to a point then you're going to go, well, this is a fucking non-negotiable for me. And I think when you look at things a little bit differently as you get older and you have more self-discipline in things and, 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 and self-respect to make sure you hold yourself accountable, that I think it gets you into those relationships. Um, just on that porn thing, for example, I didn't even know, I think I, I probably got it from you, about the detrimental effects of fucking porn. Mm. Fucking males, testosterone, drive, this, 100%. that, and the other. And also, when we're talking about before about the wins I can get, as soon as I know that, and you're, and I'm saying, well, I can fucking control that. I can control that element. That doesn't take me out. I just don't need to look at fucking porn. Mm. You know what I mean? I know people get fucking addicted to the phones and shit, but I'm going, okay. And when I got that, I, I read, and then I read up on it because I heard it from you. And I said, I was like, fuck it. Why would I do that to myself? I'm 46. I want me fucking testosterone to keep going. I'm smashing the gym and doing everything that I want to do and feeling better about myself. So I eliminated that straight away. Now, I feel like that's another win. So you know we're talking about the winds building yeah, up. Man. So uh, that was, uh, but I think that's a lack of knowledge. I don't think like and it, it's like food. It's like nutrition. We spoke about it before. From so from a self discipline or, 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 or self drive. Why do I um, eat the way I do now? Actually, again, because uh, we spoke about it last time. Because I didn't realize how much fucking poison is in every food. I didn't realize about the seed oils is in fucking everything, and the fact you've got to and, and it just inflames you. So I had kind of doing all eating all these macros right and fucking six meals a day and all that shit, but like I wasn't getting the true effect. As soon as I eliminated that and just ate 
fucking natural thing, things that fucking walk. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's common sense, isn't it? It's like you nature, know? right? Yeah, they... yeah, no, but we were talking about that, the vegetable oils, right? Like people are not aware of that, like canola oil and soybean oil. I wasn't, oil, I wasn't aware until, inflammatory, man. I wasn't aware until a year or so ago. Yeah. And I think now, and I'm constantly being, you know, for years I've been, you know, I've always trying to keep, keep, keep healthy, but for years I had net right. And that affected me. It kept me inflamed. Also, internally, I wasn't going to be feeling good. I knew my guts were a hell of a lot worse. Um, so I think knowledge, mm. if you, your knowledge and you want to get the wins, um, I think that's a key thing. And I don't think enough people know. Mm. Yeah, definitely. You need, you need the wins and you need the, the knowledge is always the first step, right? But knowledge is only, it's only potential power, right? It's not actually power unless you implement it, right? And you apply it. Uh, so that, that's that's what I'm interested in. From, from my point of view then, so, because I've never even asked you where your passion came from, because from mine, it was everything that I've just described drove me to go, well, fuck this. I don't want other people to suffer like I've suffered. But I think people naturally have to suffer somewhat to get their biggest learnings and then they grow. I say, but you don't need to fucking be that tough. You don't need to be taken to burnout by some dickhead. And I can help people go through that process. So from your point, what, what was it that kind of drove you into this space? And what, you know, what, what is it about um, this that really excites you? Yeah, for me, it was definitely from a young age, just essentially getting into it through, like I used to play rugby and stuff like that, right? So started lifting weights initially with my mate when I was like 14, 15 and always been active and stuff. But I just fell in love with it because again, it's one of those things where I just, the results that I had. And that's one thing I really love about, you know, fitness, right? Like I've said before, it's black and white, you know, you show up and you get the results. And I started noticing, oh, wow, my body's responding, started getting more attention for the opposite sex and everything else. You know what I mean? But what actually, it's a really good question because I was reflecting on this recently and I actually went through, uh, I lost someone close to me basically when I was like 16, 17, so like my sister's dad, but he was around, you know, kind of bringing me up a bit when I was younger, like stepdad, whatever you want to call it. And he died when I just turned 17. And that's when I actually first started lifting weights. And I was reflecting on this recently and that kind of helped me a lot because that meant that I channeled that energy, that pain into the gym more. So I was going to the gym more and more and more and more. Uh, and obviously I started looking and feeling better um, as a result of that. And then I ended up then just being a PT then. I thought, right, this is what I love. I'm actually really passionate about this. And then I ended up qualifying as a PT when I was like 20, right? So I'm, I'm 36 now, you know, so I've been in the industry now for like 16 years. Then obviously I got into bodybuilding and everything else. And the reality is to answer your question, it's just the passionate about actually helping people, right? Because it starts off, you're passionate, you love it, you're into the science, you're into helping people get in shape and all the mechanics of everything in the gym, you know, you love it. And then it ends up becoming your passion. Once you've done it for a long enough time, it becomes your purpose, right? It goes from your passion into your purpose, right? And my purpose now is to, you know, empower people and basically change, change well, lives. What's the difference from, because uh, when I first met you, you were more doing more the direct PT stuff yep. maybe eight years ago or something. What's the difference now between, you know, that online thing and what's the difference in results? Because it's something I'm interested in because I know that's where your passion is and you're actually transforming people and stuff a little bit more than just that. What's the difference? Yeah, yeah. So I get, like, to be honest, man, I get a much, much bigger impact now with the online stuff because you're really helping people with the stuff outside of the gym because the reality is, you know, when you pay for a face-to-face -face PT, you're not paying them to essentially reverse years of like poor behaviors with food, for example, or to have that accountability for the stuff outside of the gym, right? Which we know is generally the hardest part, right? When it comes to behaviors, nutrition, lifestyle, managing those things, like the stuff we were just talking about are actually the hardest things. So when I was PTing people, obviously I was there for the two hours a week or whatever it was and, you know, helping them with their technique, which is very valuable, right? So, you know, mechanics in the gym is, is very important, right? But ultimately that's not what is what going to get you long-term success, right? In this game, it is obviously all the other stuff outside of the gym, you know, your, your mindset, lifestyle, and also your nutrition. So 
the way it works now is actually help people give them more accountability. I give them like more structure as well. And ultimately we do the coaching calls and everything else. So now I'm actually mentoring people essentially, right? So I'm helping them change the way they think and, and really transform their relationship with training uh, and food and ultimately like become the best version of themselves. So it's like covering all areas. And, you know, anyone listening back to this would know, right? You know, the biggest struggle when it comes to you getting to the next level, your physique and everything else or whatever you want to achieve um, is always going to be the, you know, the mindset which holds you back. It could be self-sabotage behaviors, you know, around food or alcohol, it's environment, you know, who you're spending your time with. Uh, but ultimately, just simply not have when someone hold you accountable to, to call you on your bullshit. And as I say, I wasn't getting paid for that as a PT, you know, face to face. I was there for the hour, getting paid for the hour and obviously still enjoying what I was doing, still getting good results. Um, but yeah, literally, even within the first year of doing the online stuff, I had better results than I had in, you know, over a decade with with people, right? Because obviously, when you dial things in with the nutrition uh, and the training together, and you and you add that smart piece in, I think because the kind of person I work with is obviously generally at a quite a good level. So they got a decent level with their strength training, but they're really looking to get to the next level with their physique. And they've kind of plateaued and they've been stuck there spinning their wheels because they haven't added in that smart piece. They're happy to show up and, and train. Most of my clients, anyway, they, they put the work in, they do the hard piece, you know, work hard, but they're not adding in that smart piece. Uh, and they normally get better results like within, say, four weeks than they've had in, you know, months or a year or sometimes years just by adding in, adding in that smart piece and also those check-ins and obviously having someone to give them peace of mind as well. I think that's what holds people back as well. It's like, you know, uh, for example, increasing calories or, or uh, increasing protein, you know, those things, people have those psychological barriers and then it holds them back and they just end up spinning their wheels, you know? Do you find that it takes a certain person to be able to achieve those results? Because if, if I look at people I've coached in the past, you get certain people who, who they want to do it. But uh, go back to those. Goes back to what you were saying. They go all the talk, go back but they don't to, walk. Go back walk. To those fluff yeah, we all get that. Fluff You can see the pattern in someone straight away. You can talk to me. You go, hey, hey, <laughs> we fucking go. And like, I've got no interest in working with that because you know where that path goes, right? Hundred percent. Do you find that? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. Like they've got to have a real reason to change, right? They've got to know why it's important to them. But ultimately, they've got to really want to do it, right? They've got to really it's fundamentally got to, it's got to be wanting a pull, to change. Not a push, right? Yeah, definitely. And they've got to be wanting to change first and foremost to get to that next level. Even like I took on a client, like shout out Brian Federico, he was on the previous podcast and he'd been lifting weights for 20 years, already in great shape. But he still had to make changes mentally in terms of what he was doing with nutrition and uh, tweaked with his training. Like he's completely transformed his relationship with, with exercise and nutrition Right. And he was already in fantastic shape, you know, but now he's gone to a whole new level. So he had to really be willing, number one, to change, to reinvent himself and two, to really trust the process because it's unlearning. I think that's the biggest problem for a lot of people. It's not so much what you know nowadays. We've got more. It's the information error, right? Got more information than ever. Uh, but people have these pathways and these kind of this conditioning and this uh, essentially information, like you said before on the last podcast, which isn't serving them, and they have to actually unlearn that. And that's kind of where I come in, then you know. But also, it's the community as well. Having like we've always talked about that, you know, relationships, community, having those like-minded people around you. That's a massive piece did as well you, with the did program. You, did you do that for yourself? Have you invested in yourself much in the past? You know, yeah. uh, you know, how have you kind of, you know, have you cut through other people's, you know, have you cut through other people's experiences to get to where you are or have you just kind of done it yourself? 100%, man. Yeah, I was talking about, you know, mentors earlier, right? And I have friends, I have people I listen to on podcasts, you know, people online and, and other friends back home that I really look up to. And I look up to them as like mentors. 
So it doesn't always have to be necessary. Like, you know, you're going to be my mentor. When people think of mentors, they think, okay, I need to pick this guy. He's going to be, it's not necessarily that. But to answer your question, actually investing in yourself, like cash wise, like it's the best investment you can make. I've invested, you know, well, actually I've just left, shout out to Phil Graham. Um, I was part of his mentorship program. um, And I've literally just left his program now after, you know, three and a half years. I joined April 2020. I've just left this program now and I've invested, you know, tens of thousands. I I can't even calculate, like tens of thousands over the last three and a half years just into that alone. But the ROI on that has been an absolute no-brainer, right? It's just been life-changing for me because I've invested in myself, invested into building my business, reaching more people, having a bigger impact as well and becoming a better coach because that, you know, that, that was kind of included as well. And also changing my mindset, my relationship with money, you know, my relationship with money, how I view money and uh, actually investing more into my business to get better results and uh, build the quality of my service and also free up more time for me to do this kind of stuff that I love doing. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So all those kind of things. And so I, you've I, got we to walk said, to walk if, you, if you're saying def- it. Really. Definitely, man. But going back to what we were saying then about health and people kind of not being at their best with their mental and physical health, it's like, yeah, I'm not trying to, like, this is not even a plug for my program and it doesn't even have to be. Stop app- plugging your program. I know, I know. I know, I know. <laughs> this is, this is, it's getting so obvious now, bro. You know, put the script away. No, but on a serious note, not even about money, about paying money, but investing in yourself, even if you were to like, join a gym, right? Because some people listening back, they may have lost consistency with training or whatever, right? And they're telling themselves that story where I'll start on Monday, I'll start on Monday. Like, what are you spending your money on? We talked about this last time. You're throwing money away on other stuff, right? Whether that be bloody Uber Eats, eating out, alcohol, whatever, right? Even simply joining the gym and taking that first step so you've got that accountability and you're actually, even that is an investment in yourself. You see what I mean? Doesn't necessarily have to be like a, a top, a top of the range mentor like Phil Graham, you know what I mean? But man, like for me personally, investing in myself has been the best thing. Now I can look at the other stuff, right? Investing in whatever I want to invest in when it comes to like, you know, whatever, shares, all that kind of stuff. My business is number one, but actually invested in myself. And I'm going to look to do that again now, by the way. It's not something I'm going to stop doing. I'm going to look to invest that into other areas, but it might even be another mentor. It might be something else, whatever. But I know the ROI on that because it changes the way you think. And ultimately, that's what I do with clients, right? Because that's the only way, really. When I say changing the way you think, it's changing the way you think about food, changing the way you think about yourself, right? Because a lot of people have body image issues which hold them back. And we've both been there as well, right? We'll go down that rabbit hole. A lot of people have issues with, you know, how they see themselves, with their body and everything else, even when they are in good shape because they're so focused on that aesthetics. And you can relate this to what we were talking about with money as well. When we're chasing the money, we're chasing the bottom line, we're getting caught up on those... um, what I like to call vanity metrics, and you always end up disappointed because you're always looking for the next, for the next. Like, oh, I want to, I want to earn another ten grand, or I want to now, I want to, you know, um, I want to get a six pack now. I've got myself into the shape of my life, but I'm not happy because I got this little tiny bit, and it always ends up disappointing. So it's helping people focus on going back to what we were saying. <laughs> Funny enough, it all goes back to the same thing, right? Home base. Let's focus on health. Okay, how are you feeling when you when you eat those foods and when you uh, you're consistent with your training, when you you know prioritize your sleep, when you're you know not spending as much time with those energy vampires? How's your energy levels? You know, um, how are you feeling? How's your relationships going? How's your libido? How's your bloody sleep? You know, how's your performance in the gym? Right, all those health matters. Yeah, I suppose it, uh, even you just describing all those things to be there now, it can sound overwhelming to people, right? Because you're saying bang bang, but people go fuck. Yeah, yeah, no, obviously not. All the, I don't know what I'm saying. Over people time. are here, <laughs> but no, but what you what you help people with is those steps, right? Yeah, step. Uh, 
that's it. That's, that's the same thing. The yeah, yeah. And it's one thing at a time. It's like, okay, that. how was your, how was your gut after eating those food? You know, how was your your sleep when you you know you had a, you had a few drinks, right? You enjoyed yourself on the weekend, but how did that impact you? Oh yeah, I did notice that my sleep was a bit fragmented actually. And that simple thing there, having that awareness. Hmm, next time I'm gonna just weigh up whether I want to drink. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I'll may, weigh it up. It, it's, it's funny that because I mean you know me from you know years ago, and I used to party a hell of a lot more than I do now. And in the UK, I used to party times ten. Mm-hmm. Same man. Yeah, over here now, you know, I might drink once, maybe twice a week, and it's kind of it's for a few hours, and I'm pulling the pin early. You know, I mean, I don't have you got some fucking aura ring or whatever it is that you use tells you how much you sleep and don't. <laughs> I was telling you one night, I know yeah. the exact yeah. time to drink is between like, three and four p.m. Yeah, I don't want to have know. a happy hour, and my sleep's not interrupted. That's you know, too far. I, I'm a super light <laughs> sleeper anyway, so I just don't fucking want to know. I will get to that, but at the moment, I'm like, okay, I know. I know. I told I, you about. I, you know, I played volleyball. I was like, get an aura ring, man. You're like, like, I don't want to know, bro. It's I'm like, for me, I still do it all, and I might drink for you know, I'll still you know, six. I might have six pints. If I go out, low carb, I might add, but I might have six pints or something. But then I'll get like tonight, I'm going out for a meal with my missus. We'll have a nice meal. We'll have a few glasses of wine. We'll go back, pull the pin, I don't know, 10 o'clock or something. And then I'll be up and I'll be meeting you tomorrow on Bondi Beach for a game of volleyball. And I'll be okay. I can deal with that. Some people can't pull up maybe as good as what I can pull up. And I think it's what, what works for you. But what I'll then do is I'll, I'll focus on my diet based on like today. I've only had one meal so far today and I'm going to eat some steak later when I go out for a meal. And that's it. Because I'm kind of balance out the fact that you because I enjoy a drink. Mm. I enjoy. We had the laugh last week. You 100%, know what I mean? Man, I, had a laugh. I had the laugh. We had the laugh. It, it can be. It can be socially cleansing, right? It can help you listen. I'm not. I'm not promoting it, right? Because there's never any physiological benefits, of course. But you know, from time to time, I actually enjoy it. I'm, I'm the same as well. So I'm going to call this out on the podcast now as well. So I'm going to have like because my goal at the start of the year was to have like eight. I had like six months off drinking last year. I'm going to go for eight months this year. But that's the thing now, because I've done that now, that's actually transformed my relationship with uh, alcohol. I really noticed. So when I went to Bali, and this is really impo- uh, really helpful for the audience as well, right? Because it's hard for a lot of people, you know, just to have like one or two drinks, right? It's hard for most of us. There's, there's, there's people who can do it and they just have like one, if you live in, you know, like Italians do it, for example, right? They have, have a nice wine with their meal. It's just part of their culture. But most people in these countries, they just don't do it, right? And it normally becomes excessive. And when I went to Bali, I noticed that was the first time I noticed. I was like, wow, this is like probably the first time ever where it's like, intuitively I'll have like you know three beers maybe four beers right and then I'm like I actually don't want any more now so it's like all oh, right now it's cool and then like I said with the aura ring I was like right if I, I drank between three and four one day I think I had like four schooners right so that's probably like three pints and I had a cocktail right and then I trapped my sleep and it was like perfect so I was like right, every day on the rest of the trip I was like I'm gonna make the most of this now between every day on the piss. happy hours if anyone's no honestly there's a there's a book called the circadian code and she even says it in there right if uh you know, the best way to do it is actually drink earlier in the day, go to the pub in the morning at 10 a.m. Day no, sessions. No, no. <laughs> day sessions. They're the I've best, man. They're the best. In the daytime, mate. Do, you know, do the a day walker. Hour. Yeah, the day walker strikes again. Let's not go into that conversation. mate. not here because Janini's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll I, was thinking about, I was thinking about something earlier though, right? I don't care, I'm just gonna say it. She's gonna kill me now. That's my that's my uh, my, my my weekend ruin now after saying this. No, but seriously, it's like you know uh, the method I told you about. You know, just speak to a woman, right? That's going back to what I was saying with guys earlier, right? And I don't want to, we're kind of going everywhere here, but it's all relative, is uh, like the apps and stuff like that. It's like, you know, uh, because, you know, people have got so many options nowadays. Look, like on the dating apps, it shows women are going for the same 5 to 15%. So 5 to 15% of all the guys on dating apps are getting pretty much like 80, 90% of all the women and stuff. And it's like, you know, just speaking to people in person, right, is the best way to do it. And I was thinking earlier, it's like all the compound effects, like if we didn't know each other, who knows? You probably, because you didn't used to like approach people like when you were sober, right? No. Day walking. Never. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I learned from you, Blade, the yeah, fucking daywalker. I know exactly. The daywalker, man. He, he's, uh, he's an no, absolute yeah. savage. But, no, <laughs> but you met you met your missus now, right? Because you, you spoke to her when you were sober, no, right? I, I and did. Because I, I, and you might not when, have, when, when yeah, I came, you said this is the best I, I, came, I, came, I came out of a relationship. Good relationship just wasn't right, okay? Um, and I came out, and then I was... Everyone's going to get on the dating app and stuff. I gave it a couple of months and then thought, right, okay, I'm ready to get back into the market, you know, play around, fuck around for a bit, whatever. Got on the apps and within initially you go, this is good. And then you're fucking bored shitless. It comes like another job trying to fucking do all the swipes and enter, all, this, all this crap. You know that girl's got about a hundred fucking messages. For if she's if she's remotely hot, she's got about a million messages and you're just one in there. 100%. And if you don't get in there straight away with a kind of bit of rapport, you're fucking, you, you, you're cast. 100%. And it's just fucking bullshit. So I just got bored of that pretty quickly. And I remember, I remember talking to you and you said, just go and talk to someone, you know what I mean? I thought, I've never done that fucking sober talking. I've always been out on the piss. Somebody might come over here, whatever, and um, obviously the girl I'm seeing now, um, I just went over to in the gym. She she trains unbelievably well, and I was actually really impressed by how committed she was, how well she trains. And uh, I just went over and I actually said to her, I said, "Fucking hell, good on you! You train fucking so good." And it was just a, a natural conversation that started up. Next we go out for a drink, and now we've been seeing each other like fucking six months or so, uh, and it's and it's fucking great because actually I spoke to somebody and already I had kind of. <clears throat> They shared the values that I could see the values they had rather than going through fucking date naps. Go next minute you're going on dates, you're on the piss, you don't really know that person, and then you find out about that person is kind of months down the line. And I think if you if you man up and, and, and have these discussions, number one, you sometimes you'll catch people off guard, and that's sh- surely a better way to meet people. Uh, but it definitely worked for me, and I know it worked for you because I think you met Janine in the gym. 100%, well. man. Hey, let's let's talk on that, right? Let's talk on like the rejection thing as well because that's like the biggest human fear, right? Is Is fear of rejection. Uh, you've got fear of rejection and then you've also got fear of failure, right? So fear of failure, I think, is number one. But fear of rejection is a massive fear for a lot of people, right? And I look back to when I was personal training to go back to the original uh, thing. And what got me out of that comfort zone, right, was honestly just approaching people in the gym, right? You saw me do this when I when I came to Titan, right? That's how I, I met Ian through the gym. I think we mentioned this last time. And I approached I approached your missus, didn't I, in the gym? Yeah. And you were still in the background, this big motherfucker in the background. Doing. Yeah, exactly. It's quality. But no, just on a serious note, though, just having that... Um, that kind of confidence to just be okay with rejection. The amount of times I got told to literally fuck off, right? <laughs> like not, not, they didn't say that to my face, but in other words, right? Yeah. In other words, like fuck off, I'm trying to train. You can just tell by yeah. the eyes, or leave me alone. So, you know, like a lot of the time you, I would get rejected and that's really the foundation of what built up my confidence. Cause I think anyone, we're talking about guys approaching women, you've just got to be okay with rejection. It all circles back to the same thing. It's like, you got to just bang on doors. That's what it comes down to in life, isn't it? You've got to bang on doors until they open. Opportunities come, right? You might get nine no's, and then one yes, you know what I'm saying? And that relates to business, getting women, whatever. 100% it relates to business. And I've just done something, I mean, I won't go into too much detail, but I, I spoke to you uh, last week and I'll let you know of just an, an avenue that I've opened up within business. I already own a few businesses. Uh, I do consulting, uh, but I just thought right, I'm going to poke a few doors. I poked a few doors, done something that other people may not do. And all of a sudden there's been opportunities come from those doors that have poked. So I've just gone and, and again, fear of doing something that other people don't do. Open a door. Hello, this is me. You know, in in in, in a roundabout way, and then an opportunity arises. Whether that's girls, business, or whatever, I think you've got to put be prepared to put yourself and do something that others won't do, which will stand you above people. And hundred percent, you say girls or business is hundred percent in business. If you do what other people don't do, you're gonna have a better opportunity to to succeed. Hundred mm, percent, man. Yeah, and actually, that's a really good point because uh, on the flip side. 
a, a definite way to fail at, at everything, essentially, well, especially when it comes to health and fitness, getting in shape, right? Because it all comes back to that anyway. Because ultimately, you're not going to have that, you know, that confidence, for example, to bang on doors and, uh, you know, chase those opportunities, whether it be with the opposite sex or whether it's the same sex or uh, whether it be uh, in business. You're just not going to have the energy to keep doing that and the confidence within yourself to do it if you haven't actually uh, worked on your health first. And I was going to go somewhere with that then. It was going to well, be I mean, gold. But but I'm sure it was, <laughs> but you'll catch it in a minute. But you picked up on something there. It's kind of, if you don't do it, and there's so many people who talk about shit, and the amount, I think, I, I'm sure we touched on it last time. Yeah. And I don't want to throw, throw no, no, someone's no, no, name. No, 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 I don't throw someone's name under the bus, but it was, it's actually somebody very close to me who talks about the woe is me, the pain of fucking everything in health, fucking body, fucking uh, money, uh, surroundings, everything under the sun is, you know, the world's against me. And, you know, and, and this this person will tell everybody. So if, if in a night out, he'll tell five people and he'll go and sit to the person who's going to be that empathetic ear and fucking drill that person until that person goes fucking bananas, goes Googling, <laughs> yeah. and goes fuck off. You know what I mean? But and, and to the point where I learned years ago, this, 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 I'm not going to give that ear because all you're going to do, it's going to, you're going to drain me. You're going to be that vacuum, you're the energy vampire. Uh, and you're not going to do anything with it. And there's so many people who, if you think about the amount of time, and I spoke to this person and say it's a, a close person of mine, and I said, over your lifetime, I guarantee you've probably spent a whole year of time talking about, and literally a year in hours, talking about all of these problems. But you haven't never tried to do something about it. What the fuck can you mm. achieve in a, in a year? Mm. I get up at 4 a.m. and within three hours, I've created all kinds of fucking things. I can knock on a door, I can send an email, and, and something can maybe happen out of that. In a year, what could you do within a fucking year? Mm. You could completely transform your life, right? Mm. But, bro, do you know what? I just want to, I want to kind of like, you know, finish with this, right? A bit of inspiration for people, but also just like some facts here, right? Ladies and gents, do you know how how low the bar is in this day and age, right? Do you know, for example, with podcasts, right? Now, I've been grinding with this podcast for, for a long time, right? And it was terrible when I started. I can't even listen back to the first episodes, man. But I just kept going, right? I just kept going. I took action, right? But going back to what you say, a lot of people sit there and they talk about it. They post 20 slides on their Instagram story. You could have done two workouts today. You know what I'm saying? You only need but, to look at your phone and have to time your social media. Definitely. People said they can't do anything. I know. Look, look at your screen. Look at your fucking phone. Hour, hours a day, exactly. Yeah. And the, the, the bar is so low. For example, with podcasts, right? I think 99% of podcasts don't make it past episode 20. So I'm in the 1% of podcasts. I'm nothing special. I'm just like everyone else, right? I'm in the 1% of people in the podcast world, right? Also with you, everyone's fat. Let's just say how it is, right? People are getting fatter and sicker than any other time in human history right now, right? Why do you think and, that is? And the reality... Why do you think that is? Well, there's so many factors, man, but ultimately it's going back to what we were saying uh, off air, right? Is the processed foods, right? It's, it's quite a simple thing, but it's number one, it's the processed foods, right? Which are designed to make us overeat. You know, they're engineered to make us essentially, you know, eat the fuck out of them, right? So you're always going to be fighting a losing battle when you eat those foods. Because so you want more, get yeah, fatter. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that then, you don't even, like, you you can get Uber Eats to your door. You can get McDonald's to your door. You don't have to, you don't have to walk to your car to go to the drive-thru. You can get that to your couch, right? So you don't have to move. So it's a combination of that, that. Then it's the social media thing as well then, because people are spending probably, and technology, people are spending. And there's all these other factors as well. People are not doing strength training uh, consistently, which is the most important thing for like metabolic health. And there's all, there's all these... Uh, um, uh, factors which come into that, right? But just, you know, y y all you have to be to be in the small percentage of people nowadays is like, you know, don't be excessively overweight, right? And ultimately, yes, it's not easy to achieve that, right? I understand going back to what I was saying there. You know, we've got all the, the variables working against us almost now in the modern day era, right? Um, 
but you can literally be in a small percentage of people, right, and actually be, you know, a huge success and really reach a full potential just by by doing those simple things, right? The bar is so low in so many different areas, right? Whether that be, like I say, starting a podcast, right? Because people, they think about it and they want to make it perfect. This is one thing I want to finish with. Perfectionism, right? This is a big problem. People want to be perfect. They'll do one podcast or two podcasts or they'll write a blog or two blogs and they go, oh, no one saw it. It was crap, right? Oh, it was no good. Yeah, okay. Well, you've done two of them, right? And actually, even if they are crap and you're no good at it, you're actually still developing um, lessons and you're actually learning more about yourself. You're actually learning, okay, I'm shit at blogs, right? You might even learn that. Worst case scenario, I'm shit at blogs. Podcasts, it's one of those things like, you know, yeah, you might be shit at it, but you get better as you keep showing up, right? And it, it all relates it's to consistency. Stuff, it's consistency. Exactly. It's consistency. Yeah, let's yeah. Fin- like going back to what did you say last time? Let's, let's uh, summarize with that, right? With the sis- uh, consistency and discipline and what that plugs into, just to remind people. Yeah, as I said, the consistency and discipline is effectively the operating unit of everything that's successful in your life and everything else plugs into Because without that, because you can do something here, I fucking plug, I put this here, but then I've got nothing to hold it in. There's not, no foundation, so it's just going to fucking fall through. So everything that you're trying to achieve in life, if you are consistent and disciplined to it, then you've got structure in your life and then you can keep fucking moving. So the consistency, but... You spoke about something then. As you describe and things, people go, fuck, I want to do this. But it's the overwhelm of the thing. They look at the whole fucking picture. Yeah, yeah. They look just, at the whole wall just, instead of it building just, it brick by brick. I tell you, just fucking relax. Just take one step. Do yeah. it tomorrow. You'll feel good. You've moved. Mm. And then that, you're in progress. Bro, and then just keep moving. Bro, that's the, that's the root of anxiety. I'm telling you now, right? Obviously, yes, there's certain, like, whatever, uh, clinical issues and stuff like that. But I get it. I if get I haven't, it. Taken, if I I haven't taken action on something in the back of my mind that I know I should be doing, I get this little subtle buildup of anxiety. Because you're not doing the thing you know you should be doing. I've been thinking, Take the step. I, I was, there's a few things on my plate that I've been looking at this week. And I forced, I got up, you know what I'm like, when I've got something on. I got up early. I was up at half three this morning. <laughs> I know that's not fucking normal. Don't meditation and I was working from four from four till eight I did everything that I needed that was playing on my mind now I feel fucking good I had the opportunity to do it now what I could have said was I haven't got the time because I've got things to do at that time at eight and nine but I just got up earlier done that I'll have an earlier I'll be tired later on but who gives a fuck mm. I've achieved the thing because what I could have done is carried that fucking anxiety all across the weekend mm. what does that anxiety do it builds because I'm not mm. doing it mm. you know the thing it's like it's fucking following you you're like fuck it's getting mm. fucking bigger and <laughs> you know what I mean it's just following you it turns into this big fucking anxiety monster and it's following you so you just get up fucking turn around tackle it and then it fucking dissipates I'll have something else next week you know what I mean? That'll come, but I'll and I'll. It'll be another thing, big fucking picture. But you just got to take the steps and fucking keep that fucking monster off your back. Hundred percent. And if you can, as you say, about people getting overwhelmed, right? And that's the thing. It's amazing with these podcasts; they get all the information. But all you've got to do is dissect one or two things out of there, right? And when it comes to all the stuff we're talking about, right? The three big rocks: sleep, and that. Going back to what we said about why people are getting fatter and sicker, you know, most people are just like sleep deprived, like on a global level now, right? The average person, I think, gets under six hours, and that's catastrophic, like for longevity and health and everything else, and also hormones. You know, your leptin levels drop drastically, which is the satiety hormone, and your ghrelin, ghrelin is the hunger hormone, tends to increase even after one night's poor sleep, right? So you're going to make poor decisions with food, way more, and the, the effects on metabolism and everything else. So if you focus on sleep as the foundation, you know, show up in the gym. If you're not doing anything now, show up once or twice in the gym. Just show up, right? That's the first step, right? Yes, you can't just keep showing up doing half-hearted sessions forever, right? But for the first, same month, if you're just turning up in the gym and doing something for 20 minutes, and then guess what? What happens then is a knock-on effect. You will. This has been proven in research. You will actually make better decisions with food. You'll make slightly better decisions with food just from going to the gym and moving more, right? So they're the three big rocks, right? And um, 
all you've got to do is take action on one thing. And then going back to, you, you can then maybe give us something to summarize on, you know, with the with professional life and stuff like that, where people get overwhelmed. And You know, with, with, with that, what you've just talked about is qualities and skills and everything around life and you. And I go back to, for me, through the shit show of everything that has happened. Because everyone goes through shit show and work, right? If you've got that, as I say, I go back, that's your win. Just As you say, you, you call it the home base. I call it the cement and the foundation. You've got that in. You're fucking built on, you're, you're solid because nothing can knock it over, right? If you haven't got that, you're on fucking jelly. Mm. You can fucking flop over anytime. A little bit of pressure, it can push you over. Mm. So you've got to lock in that foundation with regards to health. And then with, with the same things that you talk around with health are exactly the same in business. Discipline, consistency, don't be an overwhelmed. Getting the right knowledge. Mm. Knowledge is thing. But Getting then the right people around. Then executing. Don't surround yourself with fucking idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Idiot, that's you know, that's and, the biggest one. And, and that's and, one and, of the and, biggest ones. And, and, people, it's a subtle effect. And people oh, people don't it, realize so fucking the toxic. negative is going to oh, destroy you mentally and emotionally. Positive, positivity is a superpower. You know what I mean? Because you it, it gets you in that sub, it gets you in that kind of solution mindset. Negativity is a fucking just oh, just oh, I can't be around it. Those fucking sunshine vacuums, I can't be around them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that one on camera. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be. I can't be around them. It's painful, but positivity genuinely is that that superpower. So you got to cut that shit out your out your way. And some of the things to talk about, you know, fucking work ninjas and shit like that, they happen everywhere. Um, but yeah, I think it is the foundation. But everything that you do that you talk about is very, very similar in the work environment. If you want to be successful, these are just qualities. These are ways that you operate as a human being. And having that base is fantastic, but just follow those same those things into 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 work life. Make sure you're prioritized right. Make sure you don't, don't get overwhelmed. Just move. Don't be a fucking fluff merchant. You know what I mean? Don't just talk it. Actually do it. Mm. And, and, sure and we develop all that 100% and just develop that mindset of being, you know, comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Because we finally got to the point now where we've had so much consistency that it's like, and anyone can get there fast as well. If it's a difficult conversation I know I need to have, I'm going to have that conversation rapidly, right? Because I know by taking action on those uncomfortable things, it actually solves problems, right? And, you know, showing up at the gym, whatever, all those kind of things we talked about. But if you run away, because we all know we have problems, right? If you run away from those problems and you think, oh, I can just run away from them, it will come back around and you won't have that resistance. Because I, I hate to say it, but in life, shit is going to happen, right? Bad stuff. So you have to build yourself up to be resilient against You, you touched on something there about having those discussions because if you want to bet, and it's kind it was flowing through a few times in what you were saying throughout this kind of session is is having those developmental in business you call it developmental discussion so if I'm talking to you I'm going to sit there and if you don't know what you're doing is wrong how the fuck do you know to improve and what happens in business is a lot of people will sit there and you get a dickhead boss and this person over here who's been doing the same thing for a year and this person's going, he's shit, he's shit, he's done this wrong, done that wrong and, and then might just give them shit but they don't understand why, why Why does nobody like me? Why am I getting fucking shit? And I can walk through the fucking door and say, hey, Marty, do you know that thing you're doing over there? Do you know what you're doing wrong? No? Let's under, let's have a look at it. Expl oh, fucking, the next day, it's a light bulb moment, they change and they move on. Now that helps that but it's the same in relationships. You know what I mean? You were talking about relationships there. You're holding, you're holding yourself uh, in the years that you've progressed and experienced, and that's why you, with Janine, and I know you, you and Janine hold yourself accountable, and you have, it, I'd call them in business developmental discussions. I don't know what you could, we would call them in the relationship. You know, just check-ins, yeah, just yeah, check-ins, mi mirror discussions. Yeah, yeah. I do, I do them in Katia. Yeah, yeah. We're, simple we're, thing we're like, how, how do you feel about the relationship about a ten? Yeah. Oh, I feel like I feel a seven. What can I do to get that to an eight? Simple yeah, stuff. Yeah. I know. And, you know and, what I'm saying? And it's almost like people might say, "Oh, it's fucking business life." Five. Okay, now I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Five out of ten. Uh oh. Okay, hit me. What about? I'm wrong this You're week. Being a knob. Fuck off. <laughs>
<laughs> no, but uh, but it's really important to have those check-ins in every area of life because mm. why not? If you don't know, you can't change. Mm. And I think communication is absolutely uh, going back to what I said before. Communication it, from a business perspective, roles and responsibilities, and communication is the glue that binds good culture, good businesses. Without that, that falls apart. I think that's the same in relationship. If communication, um, maybe roles and responsibilities, if you kind of get into that fucking level of what you do in the house and all this shit, but more so communication and relationship is the glue because once you've got a relationship that's fucking solid and you're working as long as that communication stays fresh and you stay kind of close to each other then if, as long as you love each other and it's, mm. it, 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 it's a real thing then you've got every chance to succeed mm. I think where they fall over is the communication isn't right mm. and I think just uh, kind of like uh, just finally just to say right you know, have fun with it, right? Because we, we don't take ourselves seriously, but we take the piss out of each other. We have fun with it. And my number one for clients are the st when they like they, they like plan their week for 10, 15 minutes, half hour, whatever, depends on what they do. Like some of them are entrepreneurs, whatever, right? But I say, right, health, factor in what you're going to do for fun this week. Like at the start of this week, we had that chat. I was like, right, volleyball, Saturday, non-negotiable. Yeah, done. Like locked in. This is, this is fun for me as well, right? Yeah. But just that one thing there, right? Okay, I can look forward to that on Saturday. Have fun. And at the start of your week, look at what am I doing for fun this week? Because as adults, we always forget to have fun, man. And we've got to play. And if you're not enjoying life and you're not having fun and everything's so serious, like the stuff we've talked about is very serious, important stuff, right? Discipline, consistency, all the stuff we've touched on, self-control and, you know, business, fitness, all that kind of stuff, right? It's the key. But ultimately, you've got to factor in fun, uh, and that is a huge part of your self-care. Well, 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 that's fucking true happiness. What, when, when are you truly happy? People are chasing the dollar. That doesn't bring happiness. It brings a, a momentarily, uh, you know, a release of fucking joy for whatever reason, right? It's like that motivational stuff. Yeah, like the dopamine, it's, and then it's temporary. Mm. Everything you get. And I was I was reading a, a book the other day, and it actually said that the the, the, the average money um, that, that provides the opportunity to happiness is about it was about 70, 75. 75. Yeah, US US yeah, US dollars seventy five thousand a year, and it's yeah. like. No difference between that and fucking Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? 100%. It, it's just how you then play. You, you can pay your balls. You, yeah, you can live your life. You've got it, food on the table. It's about how, when am I enjoying this? When I'm completely present, when I'm thinking about fuck all else, is usually when I'm playing volleyball. Mm. You yeah. know what I mean? Or just connecting with people, yeah, 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 That's yeah, what I thought about. Because I'm not thinking about anything else. Yeah. In the fucking moment, I'm enjoying the conversation or I'm enjoying fucking around it and balls on the beach. Whatever it is, that's true success. And if you mm. can do that more often. So what you get, and I was saying to you last week, I think you're tired. You think you're working a little bit too hard. Yes. You know what I mean? I said, because where's your, where's your joy in there? Because you said, mm, I'll be a bit later for that because of X, Y, Z. Well, just slot something in done. there. You know, yeah. if, you know you've got more high performance earlier in the day. Yeah. Like okay. I got I, this morning was so productive because I had your voice in my head like no no get it done today so tomorrow you can, if you want if I want to take tomorrow off now I can I, I mean I can take any day off really but if I want to take it off tomorrow and not be stressed with anything to do I'm I can do that, that now and it, fucking anxiety monster off yeah. get up early <laughs> do it so it's not fucking chasing exactly. yeah. Because all those things get bigger. Mm. But that's it. And just to finish on success, right? The, 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 going back to what I said, right? Mental, uh, physical health, mental health, relationships, right? That's where the true joy is in life, right? The relationships you're building. Like we're at the end of the line, let's be honest. No one gives a shit about what you've made or your achievements, right? It's just who were you as a person? What were you like in a relationship? What kind of person? Being a good fucking human. Being a good human. And then that's success and the money. Yes, we all need it, right? We got we got to eat. We got to survive. We got to live our life, right? It improves the quality of your life, obviously. But you don't have to be a millionaire, like you just said, right? Not at all. So they're, 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 in that order, right? I truly believe that's the way things should be. And it kind of gives me more accountability to focus on that big one, right? The relationships and having fun and everything else, right, bro? Mate, uh, just to wrap this up now, we're going to have to call it a day. Is there anything you would like to say to the audience just to kind of wrap this up like in a few sentences? No, no, no. Uh, I'm glad we've done it again. It's it, it's it's a shame that we have to fucking book podcast to, to see each other on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see you tomorrow, mate. Next so it's all good. Time, survive another 12 yeah, hours. I'll myself bro. in a pub next time. <laughs> no, absolute pleasure, mate.
Nice one, bro. And just one more time for the audience, where can they find you, man? I'll put it in the show notes. Bro. Oh, yeah, just put just, just send them to my website, On Point Consultant. Just send them to that. There is actually a program on there, everything that we just discussed today, which is the Take Control program. There's a program there that actually helps people who are struggling in these situations. If people are going through and they're battling in, they've got a fucking work ninja or a fucking, or some tip. Fluff, what was it? A fluff? <laughs> a fluff merchant. Or, you know, a leader who's really being toxic to them and they're sitting there in the space and they don't know what to do and they're going, fuck me. There's a program there but they genuinely can help you with that. Um, so reach out and we can definitely help you with that. Nice and bro. Thanks for listening, ladies and gents and watching.